You are listening to Be the Love, transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness. We are souls on the journey, opening up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez, and we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus. I'm Lara from Light Post by Lara. I'm the Tigers of the Light. This is Brad Panopoulos. Hi guys, this is Nina Sauer. This is Dig with Sacred Fire Arts. Namaste, my name is Ischilla Joy Davey, and you're listening to Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And thank you so much for tuning in this week. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to invite you to begin to get centered with us. I would like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath into your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath into your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathing out that light and love and send it to all of humanity. Remembering that you always have your breath to come back to. Today we have Angela Lay. Angela grew up in San Francisco, California. She had an alcoholic father and an angelic mother who had who both had profound impact on her life. Her father taught her that the behaviors of others made her powerless, made her a powerless victim, and her mother taught her to be loving to everyone, including those who hurt you. At six years old, Angela's family home was destroyed by a fire. Angela then grew up to marry an emotionally abusive man, which she stayed with for 32 years because she didn't want to hurt him and didn't have the internal strength to leave. The night of the Tubbs wildfire in Northern California in 2017 was a catalyst for her personal growth when her house was reduced to ash. When everything in her life was gone, Angela was forced to examine her relationship and she realized it was toxic and she was not going to get better. So she made the decision to leave. Angela is now an author of self-development mentor. She is best known for her joyous approach to life. Her children's book series, The Bella Santini Chronicles, has received high praise and is known for helping children learn how to manage their emotions. Her online course entitled Live, Love, Laugh connects adults with curiosity, wonder, and playfulness. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Angela. 
Thank you. I am so grateful for the opportunity to talk with you and your audience. And, you know, I hope that people find my message to be uplifting. Absolutely. Well, we're excited to dive in here and, and learn about your, your journey and what you, what you were, your message that you were sharing with the world. So it sounds like you've had quite the journey. I'd love to hear if you could tell us a little bit about how that wildfire sparked your conscious awakening and how did that really change everything for you? Oh, wow. You know, that was only it was in 2017. So it wasn't that long ago, but, um, that night was unreal. Um, you know, I, at the time I had a government job and I was responsible for employee safety. So I had to report to work the next morning after having evacuated with the fire on our tail. Um, I heard so many stories from other victims of the fire there that night, 5,000 homes burned and 25 people lost their life. And I don't know if it was sharing the stories with others and hearing, you know, there were just horrific stories that people had, but something about that fire caused me to go into a dark night of the soul. Mm. And I questioned my existence. I questioned, you know, what is all of this about? I remember going into a Macy's store. It was October in Northern California. It gets rainy and I didn't have any shoes. <laughs> so I remember mm. looking at the array of boots turning around and walking out mm. because I just couldn't see the point of, you know, what's the point of buying shoes, mm. even though I needed them. And so I was in this really um, introspective place. And at the time, someone had um, recommended that I read a book on narcissism. And I saw my life in those pages. It was mm. like a fly on the wall of my mm. marriage. Mm. And while I, I don't believe in labeling people, because I think we're all so much more than any label could ever, um, any box that we could be put in. I know that my ex used narcissistic tools to manage his existence. Mm -hmm. And I allowed it. <laughs> and so um, what I say is I needed to get out of the battleground before I could really um, truly start healing and examining where my role is and taking responsibility and then healing those inner child wounds, um, which I can trace all the way back to my <laughs> childhood. How did, how did I end up in that marriage? How did I stay in that marriage? All of that is informed by my childhood. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's definitely sounds like the journey. And, you know, I think, um, we do, you know, 
tend to, you know, a lot of those things, the patterns can get traced back to the early childhood wounds and how we tend to continue those patterns until we wake up and recognize that we can, yeah, change. And I, I love what you said about just the, you know, not labeling people, because I think there's a lot of labels that go right. on and, you know, and, and, and what you said about, you know, just narcissistic tools, because, you know, that that's, the coping that's how people cope, cope right it's a yes. yeah and it's coping with and it's a uh, learned behavior mm-hmm. yeah and I think we tend to label too many people in this country you know or in this world you know rather than really seeing people for who they are deep within and so yeah can you talk a little bit more about about that yeah. and um it's interesting because I I did a blog post about the Pixar movie Float. And it's a little five-minute um, animated short about a dad whose son, whose baby, floats. But the dad is concerned with how the neighbors see this and how society will respond to this huge gift of floating, but the dad sees it as something that he should limit. And so what he does is he tethers his child and he fills it a backpack full of rocks, which I, that's such a great analogy for what I teach. Um, and, and this child is now weighed down mm. and it, isn't until the dad realizes that his actions have caused his son tremendous pain mm. that he decides, you know, I don't care what society thinks. I'm going to allow my son to be my son. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and that speaks to labels because that movie, that little clip is um, promoted by different autism awareness groups because of the labels, because of the way people look at things or people that are different. Mm -hmm. And when we can look at each other and see each other through the eyes of love, mm and not be afraid of something that's different, mm -hmm. but be curious about mm -hmm. something that's different. Mm -hmm. That is when we'll be living in heaven. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, when, you know, looking through the eyes of love for to others and also to ourselves, because I to think ourselves. those the, those labels tend to be self-reflective as well. And we, we, you know, people can take on. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that is a, um, in my online class, I have a week of self-trust mm. and self-criticism is a part of that. Just re rethinking how we are self-talk and our self, mm. you know, I'm so, <laughs> put in the bad word mm. and you know no don't claim that for yourself because you are so much more than mm -hmm. whatever you can call yourself any mm -hmm. label 
Yeah. And, and the, you know, the most powerful statement we can say is anything after the I am, right? Yeah. So I, I'm very um, cognizant of saying I feel as opposed to I am. Mm. And that really speaks to um, what I teach kids in my children's book is to feel every feeling. Um, I believe that the prison that people live in is when they resist, embrace, or escape a feeling. Mm. And I think that our ego trying to keep us safe tells us to avoid a feeling mm. but freedom lies in allowing the feeling um i can tie this all in because i had um as it says in the introduction an alcoholic father i didn't know um basically I did not like my father. <laughs> I, I had no love for him and no respect for him. I didn't know until I was an adult in talking to my aunt that he was a very sensitive child. And his parents didn't approve of his sensitivity. So he was labeled and that brought in feelings of inadequacy. He escaped those feelings with alcohol, but alcohol turned him into a monster. And we were um, sexually, emotionally, and physically abused. I did not even remember any of that because I repressed so much from my childhood. And it's only in the last couple of years that it's really come to light. Um, my sisters have some memories of, of him stomping up the stairs. Where's the bitch? Where's it, that thing? And just the palpable rage just coming off him. And that is, the environment that we were raised in until my mom left him. So what happened is that I rejected, I, I repressed all of that stuff, but I also rejected anger. And I, I would not allow myself to feel anger, but I was in judgment of anyone who expressed anger. Mm. So uh, if we go back to that comment about the backpack full of rocks, when we push away a feeling or embrace a feeling, we are carrying it with us. Mm. Alcoholism, substance abuse, these escape mechanisms can't work because the feeling stays with us until we face it. And so I say that I'm a light worker talking about shadows <laughs> because 
the burden of those shadows causes so much havoc and so much pain in the lives of people. And I would love for people to just know that the fear we have of facing painful feelings keeps us from living basically (laughs) and it keeps us in this prison so um you know by by teaching children how to neutrally embrace or or feel a feeling without grabbing onto it and keeping it um i'm trying to to help children avoid substance abuse or even choosing suicide, which would be the ultimate escape. Yeah, and um, I can relate to a lot of what you just said. My, uh, my father was also alcoholic yeah. um, and he was also, and I learned this just like you did kind of after, he, he passed away a couple of years ago, kind of mm-hmm. after the fact, that he was a very sensitive child and um, he was a loner and he actually got blamed by his father for his brother's death. His brother ended up dying of cancer on the way to the emergency room and my dad was driving. So his dad tied the two together and he was, I think he was uh, 16 at the time or 17, something like that. But um so yeah, and and you know there was there was a lot of physical and a lot of mental and emotional abuse. A lot of it more geared towards uh, my sisters and my mom than me and my brother. But we still uh, felt you know he there was still abandonment with with us. You know he would he would give us a twenty and say order some pizza and he would go to the bar and stay there until it closed. You know, um, but another thing that 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 you you said that really uh hit me hard was you know how so he was sensitive when he was a child and he got berated for it and he got talked down to and he got you know physically abused and mentally and emotionally abused as well so he didn't know how to handle there was no like healthy you know family base there and then in turn unfortunately that's how it was with my childhood as well you know he he was as encouraging to me I think as he possibly could be Mm -hmm. but it still you know wasn't enough and I I ended up you know getting into substance abuse and 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 you know just being a shitty kid basically (laughs) um but you were coping right and and, and the only way I knew how and the only way I knew how because that was the only way I mean you know as a child you know, I, I really didn't get told differently. So I was doing what my peers did, you know. Um, but yeah, and, uh, and, you know, unfortunately, again, you know, it goes, it goes up in the childhood. And now I do have, um, you know, some kind of deep seated stuff with my childhood, just like he had with his childhood. And I think it just keeps going back generation after generation. I, um, I talk about, Um, There is a scriptural reference, the sins of the father are visited upon the child. Mm -hmm. And what you just said is a perfect example of that. And it's not 
that the father necessarily sinned, but the father never was taught how to feel right safely, how to safely feel. Mm -hmm. Right. And when I think about, you know, your, your scenario is similar to mine. If my father or his parents or me or my ex-husband, any one of us had learned what I teach kids in my books about how to be neutral with feelings, all of that pain could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. All of it. Right. And that's why I talk about the prison that happens when you escape or repress a feeling because the fear of feeling creates much more pain than ever you would have in actually facing the feeling. Right. Right. And um, yeah, and that's actually something that, you know, throughout my entire childhood, adolescence, adulthood, all that, um, that I have tried to avoid those painful feelings, you know, and, uh, and like you were saying, um, you know, you grew up to, to avoid people who were angry, but if people got angry, you got judgmental as to why they were angry, you know, and I, that was kind of the same boat for me, um, unfortunately, again, you know, I didn't, neither one of us had really the tools to, uh, to be able to, you know, cope and process those feelings when we were kids. Um, but I do know I don't have any children, but I'm sure there are people listening who do have children who also came from abusive homes like that. So uh, my question for you would be not only, you know, for us adults, you know, how do we embrace the feelings that we had when we were, you know, children and, you know, we felt neglected or, or, whatever how do we embrace those as adults number one and number two for the the listeners who have kids in this similar situation how do they like encourage their kids that it's okay to you know to tell me what you're feeling it's okay to process this stuff so they don't end up growing up you know and having all those repressed emotions right exactly um so what what I believe is the easiest and because feelings are so layered and so can be so dense, it's also difficult, but the easiest way is to be aware that you're having the feeling, acknowledge that you have the feeling. So I feel (laughs) this way and then allow yourself to have the feeling. Because the biochemistry of a feeling is 90 seconds, 90 seconds, as long as our mind does not engage in the concept of a feeling. So our mind either grabs onto the feeling and makes it part of who we are Mm -hmm. or pushes the feeling away. And that is engaging in the concept of the feeling. But if we can just be neutral by allowing that feeling to flow, chances are it's going to move through and not bother us for too long. But I do want to say it's like peeling an onion. 
So it will revisit you and revisit you and revisit you. And, you know, I have spent days under with a comforter pulled over my head, sobbing, processing some of these feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's hard, but it's also so beneficial to everyone. Yeah. And I, you know, I like what you said. I, um, actually that's, I'm a a psychotherapist. And so I share that with my clients as well, that, you know, the feelings, you know, it's the, the, sometimes it's the fear of going into the feeling, but once you get there, it is just, they last 90 seconds in your system. And it's just the energetic, you know, when you, when you can go into that feeling and go into that layer, it helps to release that, but it does take that time to really observe those feelings in your body and what they are doing and how they are moving through you. And especially, so like one thing I, you know, cause there, there is a difference too between, so when someone's first starting out with this work, right. And starting to really do the healing journey, sometimes one of the things I get a lot of is people will come in and and their emotions are so uh, intense that they don't really know what they're feeling because there's so many. And so, and, you know, so versus someone who's been doing the work for a little bit and when those feelings start coming up, they can, you know, identify them a little bit easier and where they're coming from. So I'm wondering what you would say for someone who's just starting out with this journey, who's, you know, having these intense feelings, not really sure where to start with that and what they are, um, how they can move through, you know, and first when they're first starting out, you know, as you say, it, it can be really tough. I, I mean, I had this lifetime of repressed emotions that mm-hmm. I had to sort out in the last three or four years. Um, when, what I believe is that if you um, think of a feeling that you know is part of the mix, but it's a feeling that isn't that intimidating for you. So for me, sadness was easy for me to feel. It was my go-to. And so um, I processed a lot through sadness. And it took me probably two years to be able to express anger. So you don't, go for that really hard feeling, (laughs) start out small, take baby steps, give yourself grace Mm -hmm. because you don't have to do it all at once. Mm -hmm. You know, it is an onion and you're going to peel a little bit at a time, Mm -hmm. but you will get there. Mm -hmm. And it is a process. And I think recognizing too, that there's never an end point you know, we're always evolving, we're always peeling back. And so also just having that compassion as we're moving through that process and doing what we can in the moment, what what's coming up. Um, So I think that, yeah. It's so being the love for yourself, Mm -hmm. having that self love is Mm -hmm. so important. Mm -hmm. Um, 
just giving yourself the grace and mm -hmm. allowing yourself, even if you have to allow yourself to escape for a while, it's sure. give yourself a break and allow it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, recognizing that, you know, healing takes time and it doesn't have to be an all the time thing. You know, there's, it's not a marathon, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a you know, lifelong journey. It is, though I mm -hmm. wish I knew you when I started because I did the marathon. <laughs> so did I. That's why I can speak for that. Yeah, I think we all like, probably did that. <laughs> I was like, if I'm not doing with something healing today, I'm not doing my work. <laughs> I think but at it's some level, um, when those of us who went through that much um, abuse, and and pain our souls chose the mission mm -hmm. for us to learn from that childhood and grow so that we could help others mm -hmm. and i think that that kind of feeds into you know for me it was like okay i've i've got to get through all this stuff so that then i can have the wisdom to help others and that was a very uh, important uh, statement you just said, because I know for me, when I was, you know, growing up in, in, in this abusive home and, and, and even out of it, you know, I would have things happen, you know, like I, I have uh, gastrointestinal issues and, uh, you know, from things in childhood, you know, when I was a teenager, I had three bleeding ulcers, you know, so I, I, and it, it was, it was all stress related from childhood, right? And I would ask myself, you know, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? You know, it's not happening to every, anybody else. You know, other kids are fine. They've got good homes, whatever. Why is this happening to me? And I think, um, you know, a lot of us that have had this kind of trauma or any trauma really has asked them, asked themselves that question multiple times. Why is it happening to me? Why is it happening to why me? Why do I have to go through this? Right. And then you said, you know, well, it's not a, why is it happening to me? It's, the, your soul chose this path for a reason they want your soul wanted to learn something from mm -hmm. this you know and if you think about it that way um for me anyway it kind of it takes the the edge off a little bit you know it removes the sting a little bit it's not so much anymore of why is this happening to me it's more now okay what does my soul want me to learn from this situation you know mm -hmm. and then that kind of opens up you know a whole world of other good things that you know you could you know emotions and stuff that you could work through because you're you know you kind of stepped away from the victim role i was gonna say that yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> when you're asking, no it's okay you said it and it's all good um <laughs> when when you're asking why is this happening to me you are the victim when you can step back and say okay I don't want this, but I know my soul chose this situation and I will be able, I will somehow benefit from it. Then it's a choice and it's not victim anymore. Right. It's empowering mm -hmm. to do that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely empowering to do it. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I, you know, and it's, it's also too, you know, positive self-talk. 
-hmm. you know it's uh you know like we were talking about why is this happening to me no this you know i need to learn something from this yeah it sucks you know the 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 situation or whatever it it, it sucks and there's you know not easy and, it's not fun yeah and that's <laughs> and that's okay you know it doesn't have to be you know rainbows and lollipops all the time but it also doesn't have to be you know dark clouds and pain all the time it, yeah and, and that's it, something that i had to learn you know i think we all do yeah because you know, there are so many people in the spiritual and, and psychology world that will tell you to focus on the good and, you know, and what it's doing is ignoring the shadow parts. Mm -hmm. We must face our own shadows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In order to be whole. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of pressure on people, especially in, you know, light workers, spiritual community where, you know, we're, you know, we're all, we're being told like, follow the light, you know, be the light, you be know? Light. And so when we can, we have to recognize there's balance. It's not dual. It's not like either or right. There's, there's gray, there's messiness, there's, you know, humanness we recognizing on earth <laughs> and lo loving ourselves through our humanness and, you know, what that tru truly means. And then, you know, on the other side of that too, um, I know, you know, once we, we go into the shadows, you know, those, emotions can also become emotional patterns. And so recognizing that we tend to go into these patterns and that we don't have to stay in the patterns of, you know, whether or not it's, you know, because our physiology holds on to those emotional experiences. So if we're sad, we, you know, might tend to go lay down and, and, you know, and, but stay there and, and get stuck in that space. And so, you know, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that piece of it as well. So really the key is neutrality to allow the motions from a state of neutrality, because as soon as we identify with it, grab onto it or push it away, then we're back in that prison. And mm -hmm. so, um, it's it's a process you know i even this week i was in the prison for a little while and so it's it's not like we can do the aaa aware acknowledge accept and be done it's a process of us doing it again and again and again and again and and catching ourselves when we've actually grabbed on to a feeling. So for me, um, I have spent like $100,000 bringing my books and my course to, and, and really my ROI has been very small. <laughs> and I'm, I know I'm trusting that I will, the right audience will find me and and people will be served by what I do. But that feeling of I'm not doing this right because I'm not selling enough books. I'm not, you know, it's not happening. I'm, I'm doing it wrong was a feeling that 
was repetitive. <laughs> and um, even this very week, I spent, you know, probably 30 minutes crying about it because I'm not reaching enough kids and I'm not changing enough lives. But the reality is that the universe moves at its own pace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't always happen exactly when we want it to. And so learning for me, it's just the surrender. Though I, I did say to my soul, you know what? I'm not putting any of my money into this anymore. <laughs> I need to spend my money on me. And so if you want this to be a success, you got to find the funds and <laughs> make it happen. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, right now I'm doing a lot of podcasts and not doing a lot of paid marketing. And when the funds become available, then I'll do paid marketing. But for right now, it's about, you know, reaching the right audience and getting the message out. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a beautiful message. And I love what you said about surrender. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we get into that pressure or, you know, wanting something to happen so bad that it's almost we're feeling like we have to do it alone or we have to um, try nice. really hard. And, you know, but when it's, you know, in true in alignment with what your soul is here to do, that flow will happen. And so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about just what, what does it mean to truly surrender? That is a rabbit hole. Oh <laughs> She's pretty good at asking the rabbit hole questions. <laughs> um, I think I've done five blog posts on that. <laughs> and every time I think that I've surrendered, I realize I've only surrendered partially. So, you know, people think about surrender and it's, okay, I'm in a LA traffic jam and I'm not going to be resistant to it. And that's a level of surrender. But how easy is it to be in surrender when you've spent all of your savings and you haven't had income for three years? That's really hard to be in surrender at that point. And so a rabbit hole, it, it's really important for us as souls having a human adventure to trust that our soul has this all handled <laughs> and so um you know we have our own agenda and our own timing and we think it's supposed you know my problem was that i had psychics who said oh you know your book is going to be a new york times bestseller well, in six months, I've sold 26 books. <laughs> it's like, that's a, a long way around from a New York Times bestseller. But the messages are getting out. And, you know, the more I talk to people who truly understand the impact of what facing our shadow feelings is um and how 
how much freedom and how much joy come into your life when you did that. My friend talked about she had to dig a well of depression in order to fill it with joy. Mm-hmm. If she had not gone through and faced those feelings, she'd still be in that hole, in that prison. Mm-hmm. But she allowed the feelings and was released to start filling it with joy. Mm. It sounds like she was really able to take that, those feelings and replace it with something that was deep and meaningful for her and replace it with that, this joy. Um, and not through escape. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, because there is no escape from feelings. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think that's goes for both sides and what you said about neutrality, right? So like where, you know, we can go into, um, surrendering to the feelings that are the, the, Mm -hmm. maybe the shadow side and also surrendering to the other feelings like the, um, the, desire to want to make something happen and creating the the desire to even not feel the feeling that you're surrendering to and that's where I got into this really mind-bending place of if I'm resistant to being resistant am I in surrender Mm. I don't know Mm. (laughs) That is, that is a really beautiful ponder. And what does yeah. that truly mean? Being resistant. That's, that's why it's such a rabbit hole. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I love that. Uh, just, you know, just thinking, I mean, because sometimes that resistance can be so strong and, and you know, we, you know, uh, I think it's important to come back to the body. How is the body? feeling into that yeah what is the body really focusing on and how do we release that you know that layer of resistance because that layer can be coming from anywhere you know that is on our you know linear timeline or our you know even our in our lifetime (laughs) um and beyond really you know feelings are energy Mm mm-hmm and we can bump into feelings that aren't our own mm-hmm. and f- especially if we have empathic ways mm-hmm. think that there are feelings mm-hmm. and so i say you know ask yourself is this my feeling mm-hmm. half the time i get nope mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like okay i'm releasing the feeling because i don't have to feel someone else's mm-hmm. feeling Absolutely. And so I'm wondering, are there tools that you have that can identify that can work through, you know, identifying what is your feeling? What is someone else's feeling and helping to release that? You know, it's really one of the meditations and this, this meditation is actually in the books for kids. So Mm. it's, it's very powerful, but it's taking you through um, nice feelings and having you simply 
feel the energy in your body. When I say happy, how does that bubble up in you? And, and noticing that feeling. And what the meditation is doing is bringing you into awareness of your body and how the energy flows in your body. And it's so important to spiritual growth even to, because when we think about the law of attraction, it is through feeling that it actually works. And so by, by becoming cognizant of hey, I'm having this feeling, it's in my solar plexus, and it feels like a lump of clay. And, you know, just becoming aware of your feelings is a very powerful tool to, um, uh, of just becoming self-aware. Mm -hmm. That, yeah, that self-awareness, I think is really key. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and as you work through the layers, you, I think it, it becomes easier and easier to identify what is yours and what is someone else's. It's and, like everything else. It's a process mm -hmm. and it, mm -hmm. it doesn't come, you know, we, we have all these filters that were handed to us by others. Mm -hmm. And that's a process of, mm -hmm even questioning, you know, is that thought of I'm not enough? Is that mine? Or is that mom from when I was four years old? And she was talking to a four year old, but I'm not four. Mm -hmm. Does it really apply to me now? Mm -hmm. And right. just having that kind of curious, curiosity, exploration of your own thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right. And or what um, you think are your thoughts. <laughs> right. Exactly. And uh, that's actually one thing. And, and you, uh, you were talking about it earlier, too, about, um, you know, separating uh, uh, others' feelings from your own feelings and, and asking yourself, are these mine or are these somebody else's? Um, and for me, I know, you know, I have such a, a <laughs> I guess you could say, a thick inner dialogue <laughs> uh going on that you know when when you know i am around somebody and they are feeling a certain way or something and i i'm an empath so i you know i'm very open to to other people's feelings and to identify them as my own um that's one thing but another thing you were talking about um is you know learning uh from other people's feelings like you know, when you said your mom, when you were four, um, you know, told you this, that, or the other thing, and it really hit you. And, you know, you grew up with that thought or that feeling. Um, but with other people's behavior, and when they do, you know, trigger something in us, how can we, I guess you could say, you know, how can we not only separate ourselves from that, but how can we learn from their feeling, their separate feelings, their emotions or something? Because one thing, you know, I, I believe that um, you might say in your, in, your, in your book, or I've heard other people say it, is thanking people 
for triggering something in you that you have to work on, you know? And for me, like my, my ego gets in the way a lot of the time of that, you know, it's, it's usually like a, a standoffish kind of, kind of position instead of a gratitude position, you know? So how do you kind of get your, your mind over to the thank you for, for doing A, B, or C, for triggering A, B, or C in me, because that's mm-hmm. something that I need to work on. So part of it is um, getting out of victim mentality, because as long as we're thinking they're doing that and it's triggering me, then we're, we're working in that victim energy triangle. And it's a really powerful and magnetic triangle. Um, So it's important to remove yourself (laughs) from that, but The way that I teach in my books is everybody is a mirror for us. So their behavior is mirroring the part in us that is, um, that needs attention. (laughs) And so we can thank them for holding up that mirror that reveals to us where we have work to do. Absolutely. I love that. Um, I use that a lot as well. And in, in recognizing that, you know, it isn't about what's out here, it's about what's in here. And so every relationship and experience, I think, is, you know, a reflection back to us for something that we get to work on and help our own soul evolve and our the growth of our, our being. So uh, I, I just love that. Yeah. And what it is, is an energy match Mm -hmm. because we're carrying within us the energy that matches that behavior. And that's Mm -hmm. why we're triggered. Mm -hmm. So them doing that behavior is a gift for us Mm -hmm. to see this part of us. Mm -hmm. And it took me probably two years to get Mm -hmm. (laughs) to leave my marriage and be able to look at my ex and say, wow, he gave me such a gift Mm -hmm. to really be able to examine all these parts that are an energy match for Mm -hmm. that behavior. That's really beautiful. And, And also to recognize that nothing is personal right? They're, they're living their own journey. We're living ours and we're just creating these experiences based on the things that we chose to come down here for. And that hurt people hurt people because that's what they learn. Mm -hmm. And when we can, um, you know, let's, let's take the label of narcissist and say, you know, those are really injured souls, Mm -hmm. really injured. Um, They, they are only acting in coping in the way that they were taught. Mm -hmm. And so when we can take out that they're doing it to me, it's personal and, and see them for where they are. Mm-hmm. and send love to them. Mm-hmm. And I could not do that. I could not love unconditionally when I was the recipient of rage and blame. I had to remove myself 
in order to be able to send unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. Yeah. When you're in the situation, you're always mm-hmm. going to have the condition. When you treat mm-hmm. me better, I will love you that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once you separate yourself, it's easier to do the healing work. I mean, you can, you know, do it while you're there, but it's, it's, it's it, you're always being triggered and, you know, it's like putting salt on a wound and you're continuous, but like when you remove yourself from the situation, I think it's yeah easier to go to those places and, and heal and then raise your vibration too. And, you know, and then, you know, shift some energy is, and then you're going to attract, you know, the, new new energies and new people in your life that are going to match that absolutely and that is just such a beautiful way of saying it because yes as soon as as you take care of that energy within you now raise your vibration and you're now a match to a different level of energy mm-hmm. and when we think about women or men who are in abusive marriages, they leave the marriage, they don't do the inner work. They think it's the other person who was the problem. And they get into the same situation again, and again, and again. Mm -hmm. So it's only when you take care of that, your own inner (laughs) shadows, Mm -hmm. and, and really pay attention to them that you can heal enough to match at a different level. Absolutely. It's really about going within the inner journey. Um, that's, that's where it starts. It's never outside of us. <laughs> Such a beautiful, and, and it's so empowering to, you know, take that belief on. Cause when you do, then you recognize that you're the sovereign being, you're the empowered one to step forward and make these shifts in your life and truly create the life that you desire. Everything you is within your reach. Absolutely. I, I impress upon kids that they carry magic within and the mm. magic is love mm. and it's self-love and it's unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And just being um, just being in that space of love, mm-hmm. we can change the world. Absolutely. That is, <laughs> that is, that is my mission in life. <laughs> oh, I love it. It is. I mean, and to recognize that, you know, we are truly magical beings and we are on this journey and there's no mistakes and you know everything's about love and it starts within and everything is in service to love even mm. those things that are mm-hmm. are so hard for us as humans to accept mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they are about awakening awakening the love yeah absolutely and so I'm wondering um, if you could tell us a little bit about your course, Live, Love, Laugh. So Live, Love, Laugh is an eight-week journey, and it's really about, um, I start off with adding playfulness, adding curiosity, because Mm -hmm. those childlike qualities are what feed the magic in our lives. But you can't be 
totally in playfulness and, and curiosity when you have, you're carrying some of that onion peel of shadows. So I go into facing all of your emotions and that's a whole week. And I talk about shifting your perspective and letting go of perspectives handed to you by others. And that's another whole week. And then self-trust and self-love is another whole week. And what I'm um, gifting to your audience is a self-love activation meditation mm. that um, basically it it's all about awakening the energy of self-love within. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you. And we'll add that to, to this episode. Okay. And so thank you yeah, for we that. Also, uh, we'll also put it in the show notes too, for, for those of you that are listening as well. So you mm -hmm. can, you know, have a readily available copy whenever you need it. <laughs> <laughs> and because so Angela, I know, I know people are busy. It's only a 10 minute meditation. So mm -hmm. you can fit it in, in the in-between times. Yeah. There's no, there's always enough time for self-love. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> And love and just being love. Yes. And so Angela, I'm wondering if you could tell our listeners how they can find you and what you're currently working on. <laughs> okay. So, um, you can find everything, my books, my online course, my meditations are several free and then some paid activations. Um, all of that is on my website, angelalee.com and it's A N G E L. A L E G H, no I, Angela Lee.com. And um, the online course is also available on the Essentials Academy. So there's two different ways you can access it. Um, I do offer one on one mentoring for people who want help with facing those shadows. And um, there's, you know, a page for that. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. And we'll add all of that, um, your links and everything to our show notes so people can easily access that. So, and, uh, one quick question, uh, Angela, where can people go to, uh, to purchase your books? It's on amazon.com. The first book of this series, Bella Santini in the land of everlasting change is available on Amazon and the, um, and actually I, last week, Jack Canfield, um, sent me an endorsement. So, oh, like, wow. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if that doesn't catapult sales. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's all about helping kids avoid the hardship that we went through, mm -hmm. um, because mm -hmm. knowing how to face emotions gives you freedom in life. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Angela, so much for being here today with us and sharing the space to have this conscious conversation. <laughs> And thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would absolutely love a five-star written review on iTunes. And of course, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. 
And if you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And until next time, love yourself, love each other and love the world. We love you. Love you guys. Take care. We'll talk to you later. Bye. We at Be The Love Podcast are honored to be supporting the Komodi Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization in Uganda that is working to build a school that will promote and support healthcare, education, skills development, feeding the hungry, human rights, and environmental defenders. Their goal is to work with young mothers and single mothers, street children, and vulnerable families who lack nurture as they guide them to become productive individuals, which will lead to a productive generation. Please see our show notes on how to become a donor, mentor, volunteer, or sponsor. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.